Welcome to the MLB Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined as always by Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And on a Monday night, as we get ahead of these Tuesday games in the MLB for you guys on August the 29th, we don't know how we did yet on August the 28th. Still a bunch of games in progress. So we will get back to you on that, but we're feeling pretty good about it. So let's assume we got most of them right. Definitely want to make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along. We are coming at you each and every weekday this season. Also want you to head to thelines.com. Have a great odds finder tool up there that shows all the available bets to you guys in baseball from all these books this season. Nate, let's go ahead and jump right into your uh, first bet here for Tuesday as we get ahead of these lines pretty early on a Monday. Yeah, but I am seeing some early action on the Dodgers Diamondbacks under for the game. I'm not willing to go there necessarily, but I do like both starting pitchers. So I'm going with a nerfy that uh, Josh mentioned a couple days ago. The no run first inning um, with Merrill Kelly and Clayton Kershaw going head to head here. Kershaw, I mean, he needs no introduction. Um, he obviously Hall of Famer. But the thing is here, he's been off since last Wednesday when he was rained out after two innings. So we're talking about a lot of rest. And then the Dodgers decided to give him another night. He was originally going to start Monday, but now he's going on Tuesday here. So in his career on six days or more rest, ERA is under two, whip under one. Uh, last year in particular, as the veteran gets a little more rest, any day on five days rest or more, any start, 1.7 ERA, 0.8 whip. Um, and in general, in his career, guys hit under 200 the first time through the order against Kershaw. It is hard to get used to his arm angle, his delivery. The Dodgers in total have allowed one or zero earned in his last five starts. So unless it comes in the first inning, if we're only talking about one run here, that is why I'm also saying you could split the unit, uh, the nerfy on one side and um, under for the first five here on the other. Probably looking at four and a half runs. That's usually the standard. Depends on the juice you might get here. But I don't think Arizona is going to be hitting Kershaw. They're they're 21st against lefties in any offensive metric you want this season. And they're hitting 228 against lefties since the break. Um, and Kershaw has some, some okay numbers against them, but this year in particular, they've been way worse against lefties than they were the last couple of years. So Merrill Kelly might be the guy you're worried about here, but I mean, his numbers and adjusted ERA of 68. So pitching at Chase Field is, is it more of a hitter friendly park? And now he goes to a pretty normal park in Dodger Stadium and, and with that adjusted ERA. Very impressive, a career high in swinging strike, and career low in zone contact. Holding lefties down, he does have some troubling uh, batter pitcher data against some of these Dodgers. Um, but, you know, that's a lot of that was early in his career. He's actually had three fantastic starts in a row against the Dodgers, 1.1 ERA, and actually had five straight nerfies when he's faced the Dodgers, even though he got pummeled later in, in those two earliest starts. So, and, and we're talking about a shutout in the first inning in five of his last seven. The trend is there. I mean, this is, these are very good pitchers who tend to start strong. Um, so as, I, I think we can get out of the first inning without a run. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not actually that worried about. Well, I, I lie. I should say I am worried about the Dodgers offense more than I'm worried about Merrill Kelly, who, who looked really good against a much weaker offense uh, his last time out. I remember backing him on his Ks, uh, and that's not the same as as the Dodgers offense, which, interestingly enough, by the way, Mookie Betts 
actually surpassing Acuna Jr. for uh, the NL MVP. That was wild. Acuna Jr. was minus 1,000 uh, as recently as like three weeks ago. So that's a wild catch up by Mookie. Helps when you bat 465 in an entire month. That'll definitely help get you, uh, catapult you ahead there. I'm going to take us over to Philadelphia, where I'm going to be fading Mr. Anderson, Tyler Anderson, lefty on the mound for the Angels. Um, and we've got Michael Lorenzen on the mound for the Phils, who did throw a no-no a couple games ago and has been uh, no-no good since then, to be honest, really bad. But I'm still going to be looking at the matchup where I think the Phils have a, a mighty edge on both sides of the plate here as they face a lefty uh, and somebody that they've had a lot of success against in Tyler Anderson. And then Lorenzen still a good matchup against an Angels team that has the lowest, second lowest WRC plus in the month of August versus uh, right-handed pitching. Um, starting with Tyler, so so the first five money line, by the way, for the Phillies there, minus 137 on FanDuel as we sit here on Monday and talk about it. Put a full unit on that. I also want to take a look at Bryce Harper's uh, bases props, uh, prop there, his total bases, and go over it. Uh, it probably have to get it to two to even get close to like minus. I mean, I'm going to assume it's coming out at like minus 140 ish, maybe a little worse for him to get two total bases. I'd still take it uh, because he's just absolutely crushed Tyler Henderson in the eight at bats that he's facing him with four hits, two doubles, and two homers in that time. Uh, and the rest of that lineup has done very well against him as well. There's seven batters that you can probably expect to be in the lineup against the lefty Anderson here. And those seven people, including Trey Turner, Harper, uh, Schwarber, are 400, have batted 400 with their slash, their slash lines are 400, 733, and 1.171 OPS there. Uh, and, and so Anderson is a guy who has like a random good start here and there where he'll go six, maybe get five or six Ks, uh, and not really do too much damage. But since July 7th, he's got six games started in 38 innings pitched there with a 5.68 ERA and a 4.91 xFIP. So not much that I really like for him coming into this one uh, in terms of why, like maybe he might progress and regress to the mean upwards. It's it's not really looking like that's in the cards for him. Like uh, the the Philly bats, like I mentioned, overall versus lefties in August, seventh highest WRC plus and tenth in batting average. Uh, they have the ninth highest walk percentage as well. They'll probably be able to get some of those and get some guys on base as they continue to slug like crazy again against both types of pitchers here in the last two months. Uh, Lorenzen did get smashed since that no-no. Like I said, he's it's really bad. It's 8.3 innings pitch, 10 earned runs, 16 hits in those innings. Uh, 8.2 innings pitch, excuse me. 16 hits, three homers that he's given up in that in those 8.2. It's really bad, man. And a 5 to 4 K to walk ratio, not good either. Uh, but he's he, were, he he did progress. Like that first outing after the no-no was a little bit uh, sort of telling, almost like he realized he got away with like a kind of weird, ugly no-no hitter uh, and then came out and was absolutely awful had one strikeout couldn't even get anybody out in that one and then came on the next one had four k's but he still gave up the four and runs and just looked really bad uh you know didn't look like quite himself but still looked like a guy who knew what he was doing versus a guy that was completely lost after just being you know shocked that he came out and now has a no hitter under his belt so i, I think the 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 matchups like i said with the angels being as awful as they are versus uh righties and this phil's team batting against lefties so well this is a really solid uh first five money line yeah or just the phillies for the game as well i mean what are the angels Playing for, uh, yeah, still no Trout, no reason to bring him back. Otani dealing with the UCL injury. Um, so, yeah, that's obviously the biggest thing to, for Lorenzen to deal with in that lineup. I think he can bounce back after two bad starts and, and pitch plenty well, and, and the Phillies could just absolutely light Tyler Anderson up. Uh, speaking of which, do like the Rangers here to bounce back. Um, I think they're 1-7 as we enter Monday night here. 
and have relinquished first place, but I'm taking Rangers. Not to mention, uh, sorry to interrupt, but down two nothing to my Mets right now as well. Uh, okay, <laughs> so the series opener not going well, but tomorrow they get Jose Quintana, who is a uh, not very, you know, it, it, not not a guy that you're going to have a lot of trouble hitting. Um, he outside the zone, incredible contact here, but I'll, yeah, I'll just. Mentioned the bet here first. I like the Rangers to win and this game to go over eight and a half because I don't have a ton of uh, confidence in Andrew Heaney either, who's had a progressively shorter leash as he's gone his last three starts. Josh has been hammering his under five strikeout prop with great success. Uh, We probably will see Chris Stratton piggyback his start, uh, but that Rangers bullpen has been no bueno Fourth worst the last 14 days. It's a big reason why they cannot win a game. The Mets, you know, if you look at a larger sample size, are the sixth worst bullpen of the last 30. Might have been better in the last two weeks, but I, I still don't yeah. uh, trust them to be closing out games either. So, no. Rangers offense is why we are more confident, though. Yes, they've struggled lately, but they're still at a league average, 313 Woba. They're still like fourth against the changeup in that span. Quintana is a guy who mixes his speeds and throws 20% change, 20% curve. Um, and so, and, and like I was saying, yeah, he's getting hit outside the zone. Like he's, he's only thrown six starts this year. So we are seeing a larger sample size show who he actually is like hitting the expected numbers, 5.2 Sierra. Um, and, the, and granted it was against the Braves his last start, but a 53% line drive rate as they hit, as they make contact, 75% outside the zone and 93% in the zone. Basically, the key is just like swing away. This guy has a, a 90 mile per hour fastball, which was never that fast, but it, it continues to drop. Um, and if you can time up his change in his in his curve, you, you should be just fine. The Rangers are hitting 320 as a unit against him, including leadoff man Marcus Simeon. So I, I do think that they'll be able to get it going here. And as long as Heaney isn't quite as bad, you know, the Rangers, I I should mention the key stats here, have a terrible record in one score games. Again, the bad, (laughs) the bad bullpen. So that's why we're looking at the win in a higher scoring game. They are 10 games above 500 against lefties. The Mets are 15 below. And while the Mets, you know, if you're worried about their offense, they're 10 and 16 since the start of August, but they're actually averaging six and a half runs in that span. So, I mean, they still can... They still have some pop, um, so I do think we go over here. It's up to you guys how you want to split up the units, but I think we go over in a Rangers win. That's fair. N- no qualms. I mean, I-, I won't really be going under on Heaney's Ks if it's four and a half, if they get down to there, which I feel like it probably will open at that at this point. So I- I'm-, I'm probably not betting that just to sort of t- you know make sure I make that clear after I did enjoy it for two games in a row but the, you know the, that those types of bets can o- only go so far uh, I was going to consider that for Luis Severino tonight he got seven K's and I, it was felt like the same kind of thing where it was like you can only fade a guy so long they'll start to drop the juice the value isn't there anymore and then eventually that the guy will hit the over and, and that's kind of where I'm at with Heaney uh, and I, I actually like what Quintana's shown since he's been back he's sort of the 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 ace is now Kodai Senga and, and Quintana is definitely the, the second man up in the rotation. Uh, that's what the bets have been reduced to. But I, I think he's done a decent job, but this is not a, a good matchup for him, as you pointed out. So uh, let's close things out in the state of Florida, two Florida teams. We got Miami hosting Tampa Bay and we've got a 
pretty good matchup here on the mound with with Savali for the Tampa Bay Rays there. And then we got Sandy Alcantara on the mound for Miami. I love Sandy and and don't necessarily feel as confident in what I'm about to say about like his his regression. But I think Tampa Bay has a pretty nice advantage in a couple ways. So I'm going to take Tampa Bay's money line as the dog minus 104 on FanDuel with a full unit. I believe uh, the, the the Marlins are about minus 112 on the money line themselves. So they're, they're, like I said, we're going with the dog here. But Savali, I think the value that you can find on him is combined with is the is a combination of Miami does not hit righties. Savali's been really good on the road, and he just hasn't really been good when playing in Tampa Bay since he's come there. That's been the stark difference. It also helps that the teams he's played on the road are the Giants uh, and the Tigers, as well as the White Sox. So I do want to be clear. I'm aware of that. However, the Giants have been putting up runs a little bit more. They're now on one of their streaks. They're just a total wave. Uh, and and the waveform right now for them is on the peak. And and so I think that, you know, the fact that he got them out in the last week or so the way he did is a pretty good sign. Um, five, just five hits in six innings for him in that one with five Ks and just one walk. No earned runs given up. And if you look at his last three on the road, two and one with just a one 1.62 ERA, 13 uh, K to walk ratio, two shutouts. Like I said, there is a little bit of the who are you playing, but he also played Colorado at home and gave up three and runs. So I, you know, I'll give you, I'll take a San Francisco and give you a Colorado when it comes to these these matchups being still being relevant here in terms of when he's at home versus not. I think it's a relevant split here. The Miami Bats against righties in August, bottom ten in WRC plus. They don't strike out very much against lefties or righties, but they don't really walk much either. So it's not like they really help themselves getting around the bases um, just by making contact. Savali's still been on the road giving up a, a, an, an average EV of about 86 miles an hour, which is still good uh, to gonna be good enough to get it done here in the, the Miami ballpark. So uh, when you look at Sandy, he regressed for Sandy. Okay, so let's be clear. We're still talking about like a top 10 pitcher in the, in the league when he's on uh, and when since he's kind of surged a bit in the second half of the season. Last seven starts, though, over five. That's about the past five weeks or so. Three or, or three or more earned runs and uh, in three, uh, excuse me, four of seven games. Uh, so the majority of the time he's giving up at least three, and, and three of those were four earned runs. So um, he's got that one good start against the Yankees, who do what you will with that uh, completely drowning team. Uh, and then you, like I was saying, you look at Tampa Bay versus righties in August. They've got the third highest WRC plus because they're mashing, and only because they're mashing because they do strike out and they do not walk, but they slug at the fourth highest rate in the league right now against right-handed pitching. So I think there's something to be said for for the fact that they can definitely get to Sandy. I think Savali will have a pretty decent time getting to six innings without too much harm getting done by this Miami lineup uh, ahead of that. How far do you think the flight is from Tampa Bay to Miami? Uh, I mean, it, all this work on, an hour. on the home road splits. Yeah, I mean, mostly just landing. Uh, but yeah, they are kind of similar. I, I would think in terms of the Tampa Bay offense being quite comfortable playing in that kind of dome in Florida, and, and it is really about the offense um, and about Sandy. Yeah, not putting together any sort of can- consistency this year. He did have a great start against the Dodgers. Yeah, then turns around and, and not not good against um, you know not great offenses. But Tampa Bay is right. that. Um, so yeah, I will follow you on the money line here. I was looking at it for a way to bet this game, but the seven and a half total. Is kind of scary either way. Yeah, it it, it kind of doesn't leave too much wiggle room, but I think the dog is is a decent bet, even if it's just a slight dog here with like ten cents better on their money line than than Miami's with you know a much better offense and at this point to me like decently close pitchers from what you you would expect their output to be in this one pretty similar uh, Sierra's projected for this one so. 
That is all the time we have for you guys today. Make sure to continue following along. Like and subscribe to that page. We're coming back to you for the rest of this week as well. So until we see you next, happy betting. Don't be scared. Just